When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to More Than Amused Podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts, hosted by Stani and Sadie. Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and others on important and forgotten female artists of the past. Welcome back, everyone, to part two of our Taylor Swift episode. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned in the end of our last episode, we definitely realized that we could both talk about Taylor Swift for a very long time. <laughs> so we have now split this up in two parts. If you have just found this part two episode and you haven't listened to part one yet, go back and listen. You'll mm-hmm. hear our takes on the beginning of her career all the way through 1989. And yes. then now we will start with reputation. Yeah, which is the turn of yeah. the Taylor Swift century (laughs) i think that's a pretty fair way of saying that it really is it's kind of like her i hope it's not like the middle of her career but it's like her midlife yeah career switch a huge turning point oh definitely so i have post notifications on for taylor swift which means i get notified when she posts right i'm sitting in a marketing class during school in the morning just casually minding my business right and then i get a notification that taylor swift posted and she had recently wiped her instagram and i was like oh boy what is Mm -hmm. happening and what is it it is a little animated thing of a snake tail and oh my gosh i did not focus for the rest (laughs) of that class because of that single snapshot of a snake tail i was just like oh boy something is coming something is coming and i was i i feel like still that is the most iconic comeback ever oh for sure the entire world was talking about her oh yeah (laughs) and like the way she just claimed that oh and like put that like owned up to the role like, there's just no other way to come back from being the, like, most hated pop star. To come back and be mm. like, yeah, I am a snake. Here's me. Here's it was out. iconic. Just iconic. Best move she could have made. So, yeah, here starts the Reputation era. Which, like, Reputation, the perfect name for that album. Oh, yeah. And everything about it was perfect. Like, mm-hmm. the newsprint cover, the black oh, yeah. and white like oh my gosh it could go on and on and on even just about the music video look what you made me do i could talk forever and you want to know this is a very random side tangent here but i always wonder like what album she would have put out if the scandal didn't happen Ooh, you know because i don't this is i think when you're on your mission Mm -hmm. but she dyed her hair bleach blonde it was a look I personally think it was a look. Yeah. I love Taylor Swift with bleached hair. Killed it. Loved it. Think that's a little, you know, 
controversial look in no, the fandom. No, I liked it. I thought it I was loved great. it. <clears throat> but like you know, she always switches her hair up before a new era. So like with the bleached hair, it was like, oh my gosh, something new is coming. But then like that, I feel like was right hmm. when it all hit the fan. Yeah, that's super interesting. So wait, was her hair blonde before the scandal? Taylor Swift bleached her hair in 2016. Okay. In April. So when did <laughs> when did Taylor Swift get canceled? <laughs> this is what I'm going to Google. No, seriously. Okay, this is a think piece of Taylor Swift was never really canceled, but she likes to pretend she was. I don't even need to read that. That's yeah. super annoying. You yes, said she the was. Hashtag Taylor Swift is over party was trending on Twitter. She was canceled. Yes. Uh, yeah. I yeah. feel like she was like the original, like, big canceled. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Th- I, maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but I feel like that's the first time. I remember like a huge celebrity like that, like getting canceled. And like, that's kind of like, then when like canceled became like this term that we all like use. Yeah. And know. Well, I'd say she's probably, she's one of the few of like mainstream celebrities that still has like had that happen. Cause most of the time it's like YouTube stars, mm-hmm. um, like the whole that's James true. Charles and then Shane Dawson and Jeffrey star. If you're up on all of that, <laughs> then that is kind of more common but i think she's one of the only mainstream um, media stars to have those kind of things happen yeah so true also i i was able to find it it looks like that in july of 2016 is when the taylor swift is over party was trending on twitter so okay she dyed her hair before yes So who knows what Bleach Ella would have turned into. And also, let's just talk about the music video for Look What You Made Me Do. Oh, my gosh. Because, okay, the Easter eggs, right? But listen, in the final scene, or I think, there she's standing on an airplane that says TS6. She has a chainsaw, and she chops off the the wing of the plane. Yeah. So it's like she's destroying what TS6 would have been, and now it's reputation. Huh. Oh, maybe. No, definitely. <laughs> That's super interesting. I wonder mm-hmm. if we'll ever... Maybe we have heard, like, songs from... That's true. Maybe we've heard them. Or maybe, like, maybe that's why she wrote Folklore so fast. (laughs) I know. (laughs) She was like, actually, this is the album I was going to release. But yeah, she's like, I've had this sitting here forever. (laughs) (laughs) But we're just going to pretend that I wrote it all in quarantine. No. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) No, that's really interesting. Um, I never even thought about that. Yeah. Anyways, very random little side note that I just felt like I wanted to no i enjoy it yeah now i'm like crap it's the lost taylor swift album i know and who knows like maybe there's just a couple songs and she just had the vision of what it was going to be and i feel like i would have been here for a bleached hair taylor swift era so yeah i'm kind of now i'm like wondering i'm like what does bleached hair go hand in hand with like who knows we will never know what would have been if it wasn't for reputation but I yeah. personally am very thankful that reputation happened. Oh, agreed. Reputation is a really wonderful album. It it sometimes is my favorite one. I had it in my top three, but sometimes it just 
it's just my favorite. It's so good. Well, the songs on there are just like I know, and the production of it's it phenomenal is. I feel mm-hmm. like that's just like right up my alley. I mean, some people's critiques of it is like that it feels like a little bit forced or that she's like putting on a character, but <clears throat> I feel like that's what Taylor Swift p- does so well, and I think people don't realize that for each era she was kind of putting on a character you know yeah like that's kind of she is who she that's what she does she puts on characters Mm -hmm. like blank space was a character (laughs) like she yeah she fully embraces every single Mm -hmm. album and like becomes the character for every song um that's what she does the um look what made look what you made me do um song and music video it was number one on billboard Mm -hmm and then um had 19 million views in the first 24 hours i'm pretty sure that broke the record at the time for the most views in 24 hours yeah it was insane and it is such a good music video like if you haven't watched that in a while go watch it again and like feel the impact (laughs) of it (laughs) and like look up the i watched like a video at the time of like all the easter eggs because like because i was gone for a lot of the scandals i didn't quite get all of the references Mm -hmm. to a lot of the stuff that she was talking about but holy cow like she packed it in there i know there. <laughs> i feel like my favorite moment of it is when she is like in like that wax doll factory like with her mm-hmm. the squad and i i just think that's so hilarious because i think what she does so well is she puts on display what people says about her and like see how ridiculous this is you know and Mm -hmm. she did it with blank space of being like okay let let me act this way and show you how ridiculous that is and then she did it with this music video where she was like okay yeah here is me in my bathtub of diamonds here is me creating my friends to make them perfect you know what i mean like and i think that's Mm -hmm. like what it was so good at it and I don't think a lot of people like realized or even still realize that she's that smart, you know, and like that it is so much of the act of her just like knowing what she's doing. Like sometimes I wish people who were like, she can't sing, her music is dumb or whatever. It's like, okay, whatever, go look at the mm-hmm. lyrics. Like you cannot look at like some of those lines in the lyrics and be like she doesn't have any talent i know because some of these are just like insane like no one would think about that i know and i think too like the with the look what you made me do music video just shows like how detail oriented right and like how like the symbolism and and it kind of goes back to like we talked about like making a brand of yourself where Mm -hmm that's what she's done and like I eat it up and like that music video I I remember I was <laughs> living yeah in one of well I was living in an apartment yes I had a bunch of roommates and so I was dating my husband at the time well he was my boyfriend mm-hmm. it's now very romantic that we've now been through three album releases together for Taylor Swift Aww, so, so cute. nice <laughs> and anyways when look what you made me do came out I was like watching the music video on my phone and my jaw dropped. I think the song actually came out before the music video. I can't remember if it came out the same night, but I remember the first time I listened to it. And then there comes that iconic line of, oh, she's dead. And I literally was mm-hmm. like, ah! <laughs> like, <laughs> like what, is, what was that? <laughs> I, 
It was so good. It was so good. And here's the other thing. Okay, another thing that I just need to say about Taylor Swift. Okay, is that I realized that with all of her lead singles, she has something that can become a meme. Because in with Red, it was the oh he calls me up and he's like I still love you and I'm like this is exhausting you know like right there's that little talking bit then there's shake it Mm -hmm. off with my ex-man brought his new girlfriend or even like you could have been getting onto this sick beat then look what you made me do comes in with the oh she's dead which is the most iconic of them all and then even with lover skipping ahead briefly with the me song of hey kids spelling is fun like Each of those times, it's been different levels of effective. But what they have done is they've, they're like, for one thing, it's her kind of making fun of herself in each one, I think. But also it's her Mm -hmm. just being like, okay, well, I'm going to find a way to make sure people talk about my song. So it's almost like putting in that meme moment, you know, and and that was Mm -hmm. a meme forever of like the, oh, she's dead. Like she can't come to the phone right now. She's dead. There were different variations of that all over the internet. And so it just goes back to like another way of showing how smart she is, where I think she knows that if she puts something like that in a lead single, even if people aren't in love with the song, they're going to talk about it. And so then everyone's going to know that a new album's coming or that something new is coming. Oh, definitely. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. She's really, really clever (laughs) in so many ways with what she does. Like you have to like admire her business mind. Um, if nothing else the like she knows how to do this yeah um, definitely um apparently I just looked it up and they um have labeled like look what made look what you made me do with the like music video and the song is one of the most successful and memorable comebacks of all time it was a reset <laughs> a pop yeah. culture reset let's be honest <laughs> I also feel like, though, like with those little spoken things, like it shows like she ta- she does not take herself seriously, like too, which we've talked Mm-mm. about a lot. But like with Shake It Off, like with that thing of like this sick beat, like the amount of times I've heard of like, huh, it's not even that sick of a beat. And it's like, I don't think if you said that to Taylor Swift, she'd be like, what? <laughs> That's not the sickest yeah. beat you've ever heard. Like she knows, you know, <laughs> like yeah. That's the point. No. <laughs> Like a shake it off the. Ho- I don't think we talked about that a whole lot, but the whole music video is her like making fun yeah. of the fact that everyone kept saying that she couldn't dance, mm-hmm. and so she made a whole music video of her like not really being able to dance. Yeah. Like, of her being like, <laughs> that's kind of the point. Yeah. yeah. No. So yeah, she definitely like she grabs onto all of the criticisms and just kind of embraces them and lets them become a part of her, because mm-hmm. it's like what's. The- the point in fighting everything which then goes back to her like claiming the snake right Mm -hmm. and like the fact oh my gosh and i think that's a cool even like lesson of like if someone's like saying something to you like own it you know like i mean obviously there's levels to do that because i'm definitely guilty of being that person who's like i'm gonna say mean things about myself before anyone else can say it so i'm in control and that's stupid and unhealthy don't do that but (laughs) but like the fact that she's like the whole world is calling me a snake so yeah i am a snake and then it's like okay if people flood her instagram comments with snakes it's like congratulations you are now helping my brand like you are giving me what i want and i 
I think it's so cool that she just claimed that and turned it into the whole vibe of reputation. Oh, and it it really it worked. It worked. Um. Yes, that's the other thing. And I feel like it's the only way she could have come back successfully. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I think being the person that she was, she knew yes. that, that that was the only way it was going to work to come back fully embracing everything. Mm-hmm. Instead of being, like, hurt and bitter about it, she, like, completely took control of the situation and was like, fine, okay, you say I'm a snake, guess what? Snake is now my brand. Like, that's what we're doing. And also, Reputation was a success. It was a t- the top-selling album of 2017, even though it came out in November. It came out November 10th, mm-hmm. 2017. It sold a million copies in the first week, and it was her fourth consecutive albums to do so. And also, like, just to point out the fact that at that time, it's crazy for an album to sell that much nowadays, especially because streaming is such a thing. Like, and in 2017, it was too. And I, so the fact that she, like, her album sold a million copies in the first week, like, that's, that's pretty unheard of, honestly. Oh, sure. Yeah, it definitely shows, like how ready everyone was for it and like how good it really was that it was able to do that yeah and then their reputation tour was the highest grossing tour in united states which is crazy especially because i think she talked about it in the miss americana i think she talked about it in the documentary where there was a lot of right right when the ticket sales came out and they were like announced that there was going to be a stadium tour there were so many articles about like taylor swift is no longer relatable and her low stadium ticket sales prove it or like there were so many things of like just anticipating that this tour was going to be a flop and that no one was going to want to go and that it was going to be a waste and then what do you know highest grossing tour in u.s history and it was on Netflix. And it's so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I watched it on Netflix. <laughs> and um, also at this time is also um, the sexual assault case. Yes. That she was involved in. That was kind of everywhere. So essentially what happened is back in the Red era, so about 2012, 2013, I think, um, there was a radio host or something like that who reached under her skirt and touched her butt um at a radio show radio signing something and um immediately afterwards she told someone on her team what had happened and then they told and eventually essentially it led to him being fired um so then later on he sued her for i guess kind of like being the reason why he lost his job and like you know so he sued her for what he should have gotten paid i imagine and she yeah. countersued him for one dollar um which obviously was much more of just like a statement you know but i but i think it was it was really powerful that she did that and that she was able to kind of take that stand against yeah what had happened to her and someone calling her a liar for that no definitely and i think it kind of showed that like she wasn't willing to put up with anyone's crap anymore yeah she was like standing up for herself and saying like no like i'm tired of like being called a liar i'm tired of everyone saying this like i'm telling the truth yeah this is what happened yeah like i don't even need any money like whatever a dollar but like you're wrong so it's powerful and i i don't know if you have but like i've gone through and you can like there's little snippets like just articles and stuff from like 
the court case, the way she was interrogated of like, well, why didn't you react or why didn't you do this? And she's like, and like her point is pretty much like, because I like, I was there. I couldn't freak everyone out. Like I was like Mm -hmm. there as the performer, but she did take care of it appropriately. You know, like she went and told someone immediately after it had happened and like just said, and uh, I just, it just uh, like when you read it, it just makes you so upset of like the way they're incriminating her of like, why would have she made that up? Like what, what would did she have to gain from making up that story even, you know? And Mm -hmm. And there's even, like, pictures and, like, there's people from that day who would be like, yeah, she told me that this happened and still it was put into called to question, which is just, is just not right. Yeah, definitely. But she won. Yeah, she did. And was named the time silence breaker for person of the year. Yes, because 2017 is, like, when the Me Too movement really started and so yeah the person of the year that year was just the silence breakers and taylor swift was featured as one of those because of what happened and i also think it's cool too because when like it came out that she won she like went on social media and kind of made this statement of like she recognizes that like she's in a very privileged place to be able to like counter sue and you know pay for lawyers and like you know i mean it's expensive and to, to deal with lawyers and to deal with the legal system and so but she also talked about how she like made a very generous um donation to different organizations that help support victims of sexual assault and everything so I think that's really cool I feel like she was able to help bring awareness to yeah a situation but also kind of like acknowledge like the position that she was in you know definitely no I think that's a really good point and then uh when did Miss Americana come out the documentary i was just trying to think it was in january of this year okay which is crazy the like that feels so long ago i know i seriously thought it was like last year yeah it yeah it feels like it but no it was almost (laughs) a year ago but it was in january okay so lover came out for yes lover came out i think lover came out august of 2019 Mm -hmm, that sounds right so yeah Next comes out the lover, lover era. Lover era. I love the lover era. <laughs> I love the lover era too. I ranked it really low on my album rankings, but as an era, I loved it. Like, yeah. I love the aesthetic. I love her whole vibe. Mm-hmm. She seemed very happy. Yes, she, she did. She seemed very herself. I think that's part of the reason why I love the era so much. Not necessarily the music. Mm-hmm. But just, like, after Reputation, which was kind of, like, dark and angsty and everything, it was her just being, like, bubblegum pink again, you know? Like, it was an explosion of, like, color and kind of cheesy lyrics sometimes and just, like, fun. Yeah. Like, she just fully embraced a little bit more of, like, a pure kind of element to it. Yeah. Well, I love... Because, like, the me music video, which was the beginning of this new era, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it starts out with a little pastel snake slithering. Yeah. And then it explodes into butterflies. And when I saw that, I was just like, yeah! (laughs) Like, this is going to be so good. And it was. It It really was. Um, There's a lot of really good songs on here. I wasn't a huge fan of me. No, 
It still was my most listened to song in 2019. Really? Yes. That's funny. I'm a loyal fan. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> I don't think I like listened to it that much. Um, I'm not a, a huge fan of her singles. Most of the time I prefer other songs yeah, true. on the album. But like there's some really good ones in here. Obviously, Lover, the title track, is beautiful. I think that is... I think it gets a little bit underrated because it kind of came out as a single, but I think that's like mm-hmm. one of that might be like the best love song maybe she's ever written. Yeah. And it's a waltz, yes. which I think is just really wonderful. So it's like a perfect dancing song, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is just very romantic and very cute. And honestly, like, come on, one of the best wedding songs yeah. you could ever think of for sure. I actually, so the night that it came out, is my roommate's wedding, one of my best friends. And um, afterwards, I was driving home because I was a bridesmaid. So Jordan and I drove separate just because I was there all day and I helped to stay and clean up after. So I was driving home and I was like, <laughs> I was so anxious because I knew this song was coming out. And so I was so excited to get in my car so I could listen to it because I'm a really good friend that way, you know, <laughs> super <laughs> excited to leave the wedding. Um, but then I was listening to it and I listened to it the whole drive home, which is about like what, 30, 45 minutes. And I was just like crying. And then I get home. I was like, Jordan, 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 Jordan. Like, I'm like, just stop what you're doing. Come here, come listen to this song with me. And I was just like crying. Like it just brought such an emotional response. And I feel like the way she like captures just like love, you know, in it. Like, the chorus is the simplest lyrics of, like, can I go where you go? Can we always be this close? Which is, like, mm-hmm. an objectively, like, you know, it's a simple lyric, but, like, it's just so pure. It's and it's just a yeah. pure declaration of just love. It's really beautiful. And the bridge. Ugh, with it's all the wedding. Perfect. Ugh, I just. It's so good. It's so, I wish I could get married again. Just so it could be my first dance. <laughs> seriously it would be a good one um one of my favorite stories about taylor swift writing a song actually came from lover Ooh, um it's death by a thousand cuts yeah which is like the coolest thing and i don't feel like that many people know how that came about um but like she wrote the song in response to a movie mm-hmm. that the screenplay was written in response to one of her songs. It's like the coolest little inception yeah. thing. It was clean. That's my favorite Taylor Swift so, song. Yeah. The song Clean, which is phenomenal and is on the nineteen eighty nine album, mm-hmm. if I'm right. Yeah. Right. And then the director, Jennifer Caden Robinson. She directed, wrote, and produced the 2019 film Someone Great. I like that movie. It was a good Netflix mm-hmm. movie. It was. And in the movie, she's, like, writing a bunch about, like, her ex. And the whole thing's kind of about her ex. And, like, flashbacks of them, like, falling in love. Mm-hmm. And then flashbacks, like, flash-forwards to the present of her trying to get over the breakup. Yeah. And, um, like, she really kind of captured what a breakup's like. Yeah. <laughs> where you're just, like... Ah, and then like you're fine one second and then you're like crying over and over again and it just like sucks but taylor swift saw the movie and then wrote the song death by a thousand cuts which is probably my favorite song on that album and it's just like such a cool little thing like women inspiring women Mm -hmm. to like create things in this little chain and how cool for the director to like be inspired by a song and then have a song written about her movie i just 
Yeah, it's really cool. And I also think it's cool too because she did a little little like NPR Tiny Desk series and at that she sang an acoustic version of Death by a Thousand Cuts and she kind of talked about the fact that she was always a little bit worried that once she found love, she wouldn't be able to write breakup songs anymore. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, Taylor Swift is kind of known for her breakup songs and her powerful breakup songs. And so when she watched this movie and she kind of wrote this song, it was kind of like that relief of like, I can still write breakup songs, even if I'm in a happy, well-adjusted relationship. Yeah. And then um, obviously Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. Oh, that's a good one. Is on there too. And also just phenomenal, um, which inspired the same name for her documentary. Yes, Miss Americana. That we talked briefly about as well. And kind of when she like introduced politics into her brand, which was kind of cool and a big deal for her. Yeah, this is the first time that she really started to take on that role, you mm-hmm. know? Which, because I think before she was like, "Mm, I'm an entertainer. My job isn't to say anything. And I mean, personally, like a lot of people have a problem, you know, with celebrities like saying anything. But I'm like, they're a person in our society, too. Yeah. Like Like, they're not really there to be unbiased. Yeah, exactly. That's not really their point. And that's really, you can't really expect that, especially when like art is such a part of who we are, you know. So it's like, I feel like how... I don't know. Like, it's so integral about, like, how you view the world and how... I don't know. Personally, I just don't really agree with that criticism of artists and (laughs) public figures. Because I'm like, they're people, too. Like, she lives in America. Like, just because she has a lot more followers on Instagram, that means she can't say her opinions on social media. But you can. I don't know. That's my personal opinion. No, I agree. And I think it was kind of cool watching the documentary and seeing kind of the debate behind it Mm -hmm. where her dad was like remember what happened to the dixie chicks and like talking about all the criticism they received when they first came said something politic political um and that was kind of why she held off for so long Mm -hmm. was like they just were worried it would be the end of her career yeah like Um, it, it says that one thing where like one of her one of the guys in the room is like what would you say if I said, hey, Taylor Swift, like, I have an idea that can cut it, cut the, your audience members in half, like, for your next tour. Like, would you do it? And, and I love this, like, I think, I think it's a turning point, though, because I feel like the priority in Taylor Swift's career, maybe before this point, was to be, have the most people at the tour, have the most best-selling album. But I think this kind of started a turning point where, it was more so about like no because i'm going i'm going to say what i want to say right mm-hmm. and and maybe yeah. more so about that that she was willing to sacrifice having people at her tour i don't know i, I i'm obviously no, kind of speaking I get it. Yeah. for her there but that's kind of how i envision it of like there was a time where she's like i don't care anymore yeah, I kind of think, like, reputation did a lot of that yes, for her. true. Where it was like, well, if you have a moment where you think the entire world hates you, hates you yeah. then you really don't have anything to That's lose That's true. Anymore. And if you can come back from that, <laughs> like, you can come back from mm. a little political post about, like, yeah. endorsing who you hope people will vote for. Yeah, like, to think for a time period that your audience would be nothing and then to hear someone say, like, oh, we'll cut your audience in half. I'm sure to her, she was kind of like, well, it's better than nobody. Yeah, like, been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. 
So oh, that's a really good. It's point. a really good, yeah, and it's a really good documentary. She also talks a lot about body image issues, yes. which I feel like she had never brought up before, and was very interesting because a lot of people were criticizing the fact that her body didn't look like it did when she was sixteen when yeah. she got famous. Mm-hmm. And it's we've talked about this in our our Mindy Copeland episode, but just kind of how like women are expected to maintain these body sizes yeah. from when they were young, yeah, and that's not humanity like bodies change over time that's aging that's how it works no it was really nice to hear her talk about something like that Mm -hmm. and and open up about that and then also she obviously talked a lot about like her need for praise and like validation and also like perfection she's definitely a perfectionist I think it's really cool because at the beginning of the documentary, it shows the phone call, you know, where she doesn't get any major Grammy nominations for reputation. And I think it's crazy that it shows that even as like how much she obviously personally grown during the reputation era, like she really put on that as like a measure of her worth, you know, of like, was her work worth anything and was it good enough? And I think that I think the documentary kind of showed a cool progression of her like being really, really sad and just kind of her slowly recognizing, like, no, like, <laughs> that's not what's the most important thing, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, Reputation didn't have any Grammy nominations, and neither did Lover, right? I want to say it might have gotten it for Pop Album, but I don't know for sure. I know that the song Lover got nominated for Song of the Year, which was... But it, but it didn't, didn't win. No, Billie Eilish oh, okay. won. Oh, okay. Which, yeah, which is fair. <laughs> like, Billie Eilish swept yeah. last year, so <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> didn't she like take home five and then her brother got a bunch too for music production yeah yeah they pretty much swept they the swept. grammys they absolutely so. swept it <laughs> well, like i can't really blame no, that it, for it's happening. fine like billy yeah. did deserve but yeah. and i also think another thing that miss americana talks about though is about how women are perceived in the media which goes along with her song the man which is a very mm. clever way of you know, just talking about the fact that, like, all the things that she'd been criticized for her entire career, like, there's just definitely that double standard. Yeah. Of what's expected, you know? And she's talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. She's brought up that, like, everyone writes about past relationships. Yeah. Um, But, like, nobody pays attention to the men that are doing it. Yeah. Well, what I think so funny about that, though, is because I feel like if the if let's just say Taylor Swift didn't write her own songs, right? Then that would be the criticism point of like Taylor Swift doesn't even write her own songs, right? Okay, so now mm-hmm. she does write her own songs and she's very personal with them. And then now that's on attack too. So it's like yeah. how <laughs> what's the win here? Like what should she do then if she's going to be criticized for writing songs based off of her relationships? Like what what do you what do you propose as the alternate, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And it's still the narrative that you hear even now of like, oh, Taylor Swift just writes songs about her boyfriends or about her exes. And it's like, sir, she's been in a healthy relationship for four years. Yeah. Her last two albums have been love songs. Her last three albums have been mostly love songs. (laughs) Like, no. They really have. Her folklore is just fictional stories. So it's not even about her personal life. Let it rest. Just leave it. No, that's such a good point. Anyways. Yeah, it's an interesting criticism that she's gotten the whole time, the whole time that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But no. 
that's okay that's okay <laughs> it's fine yeah um also i feel like we should note so with lover coming out in 2019 it was also the end of a decade and she was definitely recognized for her achievements she got billboard woman of the decade ama artist of the decade also i feel like we should mention the movie cats <laughs> did you even watch I it i did okay i haven't I seen saw it, it in theaters well i saw it where we used to live there's like a cheap movie theater that like you can get movie tickets for like less than five dollars and like nice. popcorn for like so $2. you saw it, cats in the five dollar yeah, movie yeah. <laughs> but listen <laughs> i the song she wrote for it was beautiful oh yeah i loved beautiful. the song and it was with andrew andrew lloyd weber which is amazing which has written some of the greatest musical theater songs of all time. Of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it was definitely like a wonderful experience, I'm sure, for her to be able to work on that song with one of the most amazing yeah. songwriters and like have that experience. The movie wasn't very successful. No, it was not. <laughs> but I will say that this, I, I obviously have a very biased perspective, but like the song that she sang was. I, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, I believe it. <laughs> she sang McCavity, and for like the next week, I would just like randomly bother Jordan with like McCavity, McCavity, and just drive him crazy. So <laughs> I made him see that really with funny. me. It was, a, it was a, um, the movie was entertaining, and I, um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. But yeah, <laughs> didn't do too well commercially, but the song was beautiful, uh, uh. and I think it's super cool that she. <clears throat> stepped outside of her normal definitely it came out in like december of 2019 right yeah (laughs) okay so i was gonna go and see it in the new year and then by then like all of the um criticism and everything had come out and i was like uh we'll wait wait. (laughs) if you're like ever just i don't know in a mood once it makes its way to netflix watch it then it'll be an experience if that's where it goes at the very yeah true at the very least i can promise a true experience watching that movie. yeah a true definitely <laughs> i love it um oh my gosh okay what a good time what a good time but let's before we head into folklore which mm-hmm. beautiful beautiful folklore i feel like we should talk about the fact so a big thing that came out during the lover era was her battle for her masters and owning her music yes because she left big machine records which is the record label that she started out on, the record label that discovered her and, you know, that she helped. Well, she helped she build She was them. there for a yeah. long time. Yeah. <laughs> like, they helped. They they built their careers together, right? Yeah. So, her contract with Big Machine Records ended, and she announced that... It oh, switched ownership, didn't it? Wasn't that, like, a large part well, of it? Well, here's what happened. So, she publicly announced that she was going to be signing with universal music group i believe which was all good she wished nothing but love towards big machine and recognized that they you know helped her a lot in her career but essentially what it came down to is the reason why she decided to switch is because she wanted to buy back her masters now for a quick lesson for people who don't understand what that is um the masters is essentially the ownership of the actual recording of your songs Mm -hmm. um which is a big deal now most of the time, the record label owns the masters, and that's really common, and truthfully, like, it makes sense, because the reason why is because the record label is the one who puts forth 
puts forward the money for your songs to be recorded for you to record them and so their investment in that is hey we'll pay for it but we do own the master recordings yeah Um, and they get a lot of the royalties for it they get a lot of the royalties exactly so like it does make sense that record labels do own the masters however taylor swift sounds like she was negotiating and she was trying to offer to buy her masters from big machine um, because obviously who wouldn't want to own their work like yeah that's definitely. like yeah so it totally makes sense my whole point in saying Both that like, it makes ways. sense is why big machine record did own them and it makes sense why that is the business model for record labels but also of course taylor swift would want to own them yeah and at this point like money is not really an object to her so i'm sure she wasn't like skimping out on how much she was offering so. exactly and also too like i'm sure she would have been willing to negotiate and figure out but basically what it came down to though is Big Machine pretty much told her that if they signed a new deal with her, she would essentially like earn back the masters, but she would have to keep putting out more records in order to earn it back. Didn't seem like something she'd want to be a part of, but this new deal said that, Hey, you will own your masters. So she chose to invest in her future and own her future catalog rather than have to continue to always pay back, you know, which I can totally understand. Mm -hmm. So she signs this new deal leaves nothing but love for big machine seems like it's a very you know mutually fine separation but then it comes out that scooter braun purchases big machine records which scooter braun was the manager for kanye west when he put out the music video for famous which <laughs> featured oh, yes i didn't know that I'm, well yeah i'm like 99 percent sure about that part Oh, I believe uh, yeah, you. Yeah. But if you don't know what the famous music video was, um, it depicted a lot of famous people as wax naked figurines. So, like, I personally really would not like the man who, like, okayed a wax, you know, a naked portrayal of me, like, to own my entire life's yeah. work. And also... And they were, like, really realistic wax figures, Very realistic. And there was also a lot of things where it was just really obvious that Taylor Swift did not like Scooter Braun. And she talks about... So she made a very public statement pretty much just saying that, like, you know, she thought Scott Brichetta, who was the... Brichetta? Brichetta? (laughs) I don't know. Whatever. Um, Who, you know, she considered a, like, almost like a father figure, I imagine. Um, You know, I think there was, like, the wording of, like, it felt like he essentially was like fattening up the calf so he could resell it. And she said that the fact that he resold it to someone who he knew, like she hated so much, just felt like a spiteful move. And the fact that she didn't know, like she knew when it broke right to everyone. And Scooter Braun, like even like shared something on his Instagram of like, of someone saying my my best friend just bought taylor swift so like there's definitely like that kind of power play of like oh you know he bought and now owns all the rights to taylor swift's works which like i don't know it's like it's kind of messy because it deals with like the complexities of the music business and music ownership and all of that kind of thing and but essentially like taylor swift was was mad and i get it like it her music was sold out under her when and especially when she was wanting to negotiate and to you know to to own it herself which i think pulls up just like a whole lot of questions i mean a whole lot of points too with the way media even still perceives her because like 
then came more criticism of the fact of like, oh, well, Taylor is speaking so publicly about this. And there were a lot of like, I know Scooter Braun's wife was like, oh, will you publicly say anything to him, but you're not accepting his phone calls when it's like, no, like it's pretty obvious that Scooter Braun did things wrong to her and she has every right to dislike him, in my opinion, you know? And so like, I don't yeah. think she's allowed to have a response to something, you know? It's just yeah. messy. It's the messiest thing that I truly don't even understand all of it. But I do know that was a really big deal to her that this Lover era, um, this was the first album that she owned. And also, too, I think it goes, shows another thing that Taylor Swift has always been an advocate for musicians owning their own works and musicians being compensated fairly. Like back in, 19, in the 1989 era when Apple Music came out, there was going to be a portion of that trial where musicians weren't going to be paid out for that period of time so she did an open letter to apple music and pretty much said hey i'm not going to put my music on streaming unless you pay people fairly it's not about me it's about the bands you know the smaller bands who maybe rely on this and a lot of people were like oh she's so money hungry because she's not putting out her music on streaming services which i think it was really just her statement on the trying to make a statement on the fact that musicians are not being compensated fairly through these streaming services which like is a whole other conversation yeah that it's just I have a lot of opinions on but I don't know I think it's just a really cool aspect to Taylor Swift is that she is such an advocate in in artists owning their own work and being in control of their works it's obviously something she's very passionate about of you know just artists being compensated fairly which I appreciate I love it no definitely I think it's a good thing to advocate for obviously yeah. like uh-huh. if you're a musician then you want to be compensated fairly <laughs> and you should be yeah and it's continued like the fight for the masters obviously yes. into even now I think like just a couple weeks ago didn't more stuff mm-hmm. come out about that yeah somebody else bought the masters and there was like a day where they're like oh my gosh did Taylor Swift do it but in reality so it was a different like investment group who purchased them apparently that investment group reached out to taylor swift and was like hey like we want to work with you like we want to let you know we want you know scooter braun told us not to reach out to you before the purchase was made so we're doing it after which is crazy but essentially she realized that scooter braun would still be profiting off of her works within that deal that they made and so she said sorry like i don't want to be a part of it if scooter braun is getting any benefit for my works also another thing that she mentioned though too was that she started negotiating with scooter braun but a part of that was to that if to even start the deal she would have to like sign something that would pretty much say that she would never speak publicly about scooter braun again and apparently all of her lawyers were like the only other time that this type of thing will be there is in a like a sexual assault case type thing yeah and that it was like completely unprecedented like those type of things are not for these type of transactions and so I think just from the very beginning she was like no I'm not going to sign something that's going to silence me mm-hmm. so so now she's re-recording her old music though which, which I think is a cool way to just take back her power yeah and it will be interesting I'm I'm yeah yeah I'm really curious about how that happens like if she's just going to do it all in one thing like a giant here's every song I've ever written I wonder if it's going to be like the greatest hits or if she's actually going to re-record every Every single single song. song. Yeah, I don't know. And like re-release all the albums. Yeah, 
I know what everyone's hoping for. She has said that she has a 10-minute version of All Too Well. That was the original. And, of course, everyone's like, when are we getting the 10-minute version? (laughs) (laughs) True. Yeah, it would be also really cool to maybe hear... Some of those songs from that bleach blonde era. That <laughs> I know. Let's go. <laughs> the missing that sixth album. Yeah. I know. And since we brought that up. <laughs> I know. I'm sure whatever it is, it'll be incredible. Magical. Yeah. Yeah. I and agree. really cool. So excited about that. I'm excited too. Yeah. And then um, folklore. It was kind of crazy. It was announced and then released the next day. Yes. Which she's never done. No, because she's usually so meticulous and plans out everything. And it's so. Yes. Like, I think for lover and reputation, she had like a whole Instagram thing, like a whole slew of posts before she even like announced what the album was. Yeah. Yeah. And she did like all the detail shots for lover and then like the snake videos for reputation. Like she doesn't Mm -hmm. just release things Things. but then she did (laughs) so beautiful I I said it before I think in a couple years it will be my favorite I hesitated to make it my favorite right now but like it's just so good yeah it's definitely very different I know a lot of people were like this isn't like the Taylor Swift that I know and love or whatever and they weren't like huge fans I kind of I'm all for it (laughs) me too but also because I just really love that genre of music too um that's what I think I think it's the kind of music I like but like with Taylor Swift songwriting mm -hmm. and so for me it's just like the perfect marriage of what I love yeah exactly like I thought it was a wonderful thing and kind of more of like a it fit the vibe of the year absolutely yeah where it was kind of like more low-key got you super into your feelings oh yeah (laughs) like I was feeling things I haven't felt in five years listening to that album like what happened here guess there's a lot of trauma I didn't deal with I just covered them up and now what listening to folklore I'm like "Mm, being exposed it's fine it's really beautiful um she also had a lot of explicit songs on this album which was she did which is new new yeah What's your favorite ones from folklore? Um, top favorite is the Last Great American Dynasty. Uh, I think we love talked about one. this earlier, yeah. but like, I just really love when she mixes like a historical story with yeah. her vocals. I think it works really well, and I wouldn't mind like an entire album based on different historical figures <laughs> written cool. by Taylor Swift. I also really, really want a music video for Last Great American Dynasty. That'd be a good music video. Yeah, um, which I don't know if it will happen, but... But it'd be so good. It would be amazing. I I really love those songs that she writes. And then, um, I, of course, My Tears Ricochet. Oh, that one's so good. So freaking good. Um, those are probably my top two. I know a lot of, like, mm-hmm. the most loved ones are, like, August and Betty and everything. And yeah they're good yeah august Mm -hmm. i like betty like i like betty but love august i love cardigan like that's the single so i feel like that's really basic but i like also feel like that's some of her best writing the lyrics and i also really love the song peace oh that one's good too like that one just like i don't know it's the other beyond lover i think that's like an invisible string oh I think mm-hmm. Lover, Invisible String, and Peace are, like, the best love songs I think she's maybe written ever. 
I love Invisible String. There's, it's so good. No, there's a lot of really beautiful songs on this album. And I love, like, the black and white photos back again after Reputation, mm-hmm. but, like, in a very, like, mystical like old-fashioned kind of way rather than like the bold angsty teenager kind of way (laughs) totally and also too let's like talk about the fact that folklore was a huge success oh yeah cardigan and folklore hit number one on the top 100 for songs and top 200 in albums she's the first artist to ever have both be like both debut as number one at the same time Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. It also broke the record for first day album streams for a female artist on Spotify. Yes. So. And this was all during what is still be qualified as lockdown? Kind of. Yeah. We were kind all of. kind of in quarantine. Yeah. So, yeah, it kind of made it even more of a thing where I feel like everyone was talking about that for like yeah. a really long time. Like that was the news of like the month. <laughs> yeah, it's like Taylor Swift is back. Yeah. <laughs> and I think she's back doing what she's best at, which is just songwriting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I like folklore so much is because it just felt like it was all about the songs and it was all about the songwriting, which as a songwriter, like the song's king, you know? Yeah. Like, songwriting is what's most important to me. And it felt like that's just what's, what's what it was all about. And it's her strength. Like, that's what she's best at. Like, there's no denying that she is an incredible songwriter. And that's where her strengths lie, is in songwriting. So, beautiful, beautiful album. And I will say one thing I really do enjoy is I know a lot of people were like, oh, I miss the old Taylor Swift, like the country music. And like, that's where Mm -hmm. everything was. I actually really feel like her music has kind of matured along with me. yeah like yes yeah like I'm younger than her so like it's not exactly the same age but like as my music tastes kind of change and I mature Mm -hmm. and everything else I kind of feel like hers does the same and so it always seems to fit like whatever era of life I'm in and I really love it the magic of Joseph though is I think a lot of people feel like they grew up with her but I also feel like it's like like I feel like my life even just like does it where it's like when I was fearless and speak now is when I was like in middle school and like Mm -hmm. you know still really awkward and like afraid of boys and like trying to figure myself out and then red in 1989 came out when I was in an off on again years long relationship and those albums just like brought me peace you know Mm -hmm. um reputation kind of came out in my quote-unquote angsty face <laughs> as angsty as I can get yeah but you know so like angsty. I, yeah well, it's embarrassing how not angsty it actually is <laughs> but I feel like it but also too it was also reputation came out right at the beginning of mine and Jordan's like starting to date mm-hmm. which was like kind of like and reputation is a love story and then now lover and folklore like I feel like it's just it's crazy that it's like I feel like those albums have just kind of followed me along in my life's journey and Mm -hmm. and I think that's why so many people love it because I think that's so like we all like we both grew up on it and yeah like you said like our my music taste matured but I also think I kind of matured along with Taylor Swift too Mm mm-hmm 
yeah like she stopped writing about high school when we were like done you know (laughs) yeah so it's just kind of one of those things where it always seems to match up with like the new chapter Mm -hmm. of a lot of her fans lives as well and I think that that's kind of one of the magical things about her is that it always seems to just fit and like it fits it's it's there and it matches perfectly even though we didn't know that that was going to be the next phase (laughs) absolutely yeah (laughs) (laughs) so it's just really nice love it okay here's some just overall achievements Mm -hmm. for Taylor Swift I got this I think from a Wikipedia article I'm just going to read it because let's just talk about what she's done. Yeah. So Taylor Swift has won 10 Grammy Awards and Emmy Awards, 32 American Music Awards, which is the most wins by any artist, 23 Billboard Music Awards, which is the most wins by a female artist, seven world records, Guinness World Records, which don't know what they are, but that's cool. 12 Country Music Association Awards, including the Pinnacle Award, eight Academy of Country Music Awards a Br- and a Brit Award. And as a songwriter, she's been honored by the Nashville Songwriters Association and the Songwriter Hall of Fame and was the youngest person included on Rolling Stone's list of the 100 greatest songwriters of all time in 2015. At the 64th BMI Awards in 2016, Swift was the first woman to be honored with an award named after its recipient. She got the Taylor Swift Award. Mm-hmm. Um, her albums read in 1989 are featured on Rolling Stone's 2020 revision of the 500 greatest albums of all time. Yeah. Which was so. a really big deal when they came out with that new list and everyone was like, yeah. they put Taylor Swift on it. <laughs> and I think they put Red rep greater than Repu- 1989, which is crazy because, yeah. yeah, that album just aged like fine red wine. Oh, so. seriously. <laughs> it's a really great album. But anyways, yes, there's Taylor Swift and just all she has done in her yes. life so far. And it's important to realize that, like, we're talking about her, yes, because we're fans of her, but also because we talk about historical women who are making a Mm -hmm. big difference within the world of art, and she's definitely one of those. (laughs) Absolutely. She has done a lot for the music industry as a whole and um, everything in general, and I think it would be really stupid of us to say that, like, she doesn't have any relevance because she has a lot And I think, like, obviously, like, growing up, Taylor Swift was such a role model for me as, like, songwriters. And I feel like, I know I'm not alone in that. Like, I feel like she definitely inspired a generation of up-and-coming women songwriters to, like, find power in telling their own stories, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's so powerful. And that's, like, what's the great thing about her work is that there are her own personal stories. And I think it just went on to encourage more women to, more girls to be like, yeah, I want to share my stories, you know, like that's what it is. And even kind of paved the way for a lot of female songwriters, I think, to take more initiative Mm -hmm. in being able to write their own songs and be like, no, like I'm going to write my music Um, Mm -hmm. and like letting that become a thing. So that is Taylor Swift. I hope you guys are fans of her. If not, go listen to her album (laughs) yeah just go listen a little bit longer (laughs) if not you're valid but in this you might be a little bit wrong 
And if you don't like her, just check and see if the, any of the reasons might have like some internalized misogyny. Yeah. <laughs> if it really comes down to like she just doesn't sing your favorite genre of music, then that's fine. I'll respect that. I'll but respect like that. if yeah. it's like a shallow reason, like, wow, she's just fake and needs attention, then maybe like listen to this again. <laughs> or her victim mentality, like, give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we are recording this part separate from the rest of it. We had everything recorded and good to go. And then, what, like two days before our podcast came out? Yeah. <laughs> I woke up to a text from Stani being like, okay, so we're going to have to record something <laughs> else because she's releasing a new album. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Yeah, that moment was nuts. We haven't even talked about Evermore at no. all in the previous podcast so the reason why is because we recorded everything before it was announced so we had to do a separate talk about evermore though because of course we did wow now like a there's now nine taylor swift albums and who would have thought that after releasing folklore that she just would have like given us a whole other album whole other album i know the biggest (laughs) surprise of them all yeah and i honestly like it was really (laughs) really really shocking because it was like i kind of expected folklore a little bit not like a ton because it was like oh but then at the same time it's like oh we've been in quarantine all year like of course she sat down and wrote music like yeah like that makes sense to me that she would have done that with her time but then to just like turn around and release a whole other album (laughs) Like, four months later? Yeah. I'm like, was she planning on that the whole time? Or did she write all of these songs after Folklore was released? It's just kind of... I think she did. Yeah. I, that's what I'm understanding, at least, that afterwards they, like, just kept writing. And she's like, all right, well, we have more. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's do something with them. all these songs. Yeah. I do feel like the two are very comparable. And she did yes. call them sister albums. And I feel like I'll always think of them as together yeah kind of like a but not to like discredit evermore no it's beautiful because it definitely exists like as itself yeah so i want to ask do you have one that you favor over the other i think i do favor folklore okay i think out of the two there's more songs that i'm like obsessed obsessed with on folklore yeah but at the same time, I feel like I've just gotten started with Evermore, yeah, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. So, like, ask me again in six months. But I don't know. Now I'm, like, thinking about, because at the beginning of part one, we did our album rankings. Yeah. And I don't know where Evermore fits into that I know. Yet. I think I need more time. Yeah. But I actually think that I like Evermore more than Folklore. Mm. Yeah. Like, I've listened to more of the songs and, like, have turned it on. Like we talked about, I'm not a huge, like, music person most of the time. Mm -hmm. I love it and I have to be in the right mood. But I listen to, like, a lot of podcasts and other content. So I don't usually, like, reach for music um, all the time. But I have been with Evermore. I've listened to a lot of the songs. When I'm, like, sitting there, I'll, like, turn it on. When I was, like, rapping presents, I, like, turned it on. And I haven't done this since, like, 1989. I think I'm really loving it. I feel like it's really good just, like, easy listening music. Yes. That, But definitely. then at the same time, if you sit down and read the lyrics, it's like, what the heck? <laughs> like, <laughs> I will say, I think happiness is my new 
maybe not like my new all-time favorite taylor swift song but it's my new favorite lyric of hers okay what part um oh let me get the lyrics pulled up because i i looked up and i was reading the lyrics on my first time listening through and i there was one part um where my jaw just dropped i was like how does she do this um well for one thing i love the message of it of like there'll be happiness after you but there was happiness Mm -hmm. because of you and both of these things can be true that there is happiness and it's just like yeah and like the so a couple lyrics from it that just i love like tell me when did your winning smile begin to look like a smirk Mm -hmm. when did all our lessons start to look like weapons pointed at my deepest hurt oh what and then the post chorus is really good um i mean the bridge um kind of like i can't make it go away by making you a villain i guess it's the price i paid for seven years of heaven i pulled your body into mine every night now i get fake niceties no one teaches you what to do when a good man hurts you and you know you hurt him too like i love that line yeah and my favorite part is like is the last part here where it's like after giving you the best i had tell me what give after that all you want from me now is the green light of forgiveness you haven't met the me the new me yet and I think she'll give you that like Mm -hmm. when I heard that I was just like whoa like Mm -hmm. that was so good these are seriously like a stunning song stunning yeah like the words of that song I think are my new like favorite Taylor Swift lyrics in a song the production don't know if it makes like my all-time favorite song song but like Mm -hmm. top five I, I think it's beautiful. Oh, for sure. I really, really love that lyric where she talks about like, n- and no one tells you what to do when a good man good hurts man you. Hurts you. Yes. Because it's so true. Like, yeah, <laughs> no one talks about like what happens when like, it's a good person. Who yeah. Does something. Cause like, it's easy to be like, oh, they're all like, bad they suck. And- they're a psychopath now or something, yeah. you know? But, like, good people make mistakes and hurt people, too. Like, that happens yeah. all the time. And I don't think that we have, like, a great ways of coping with that as a society. Yeah, because <laughs> you're right. Like, I feel like people are pretty complicated. And sometimes mm-hmm. you can try and be a good person and still really hurt someone. And sometimes someone else can be just trying their best and still just really hurt you. And it just doesn't work out for different reasons. Yeah. And, like, it sucks. And it still it hurts. Does. Even though, like, you're, like, you can recognize, like, that person isn't the villain. But, like... I still am like this still sucks like yeah ah. there's this quote I love that says like you have to realize that sometimes you're the villain in someone else's story and you need to mm-hmm. be okay with that yeah and I've always like thought about that and been like yeah you know like that's true like, like yeah I sure am <laughs> yeah. like you may have total main character energy when it comes to your own <laughs> life but like sometimes you're the problem in someone else's life i am not the main character i am the (laughs) antagonist against the main Mm -hmm. character and that's no you're right you're trying to be like a good person (laughs) but just the reality yeah that's life that's how it works and that's what i love about a lot of these songs i think she hits a lot of things that like just like life yeah and they're so beautiful i really love gold rush oh that's probably i think happiness and gold rush are my two top favorites they're just gorgeous i i also i love tis the damn season (laughs) and you want to know what it is a good thing i didn't have that song in 2016 because like (laughs) i didn't need any encouragement to go back to my high school boyfriend (laughs) so here's a like a word of advice (laughs) 
as yeah. much as Taylor Swift is encouraging you to go back to your ex-boyfriend this holiday season, don't do don't it. You do know it. it will be a bad idea. <laughs> Even so though funny. that song makes that just that whole thing just so romantic. You oh, know, yeah. it's such a good story she tells there. Oh my gosh. I think so this is something I mentioned to you, but this mm-hmm. is kind of the album I was expecting with folklore. Totally. Yeah. Like this one that she released. I think it's a lot more like story based if that makes mm-hmm. sense it sounds a lot more like folk tales totally and I, I I love at first I didn't love cowboy like me but it's my latest obsession because it yeah. just like tells a super random story but like the lyrics are so good like my favorite lyric I think on the whole album I know I said that about happiness but I've changed my <laughs> mind every day is like <laughs> the skeletons in both our closets plotted hard to mess this up like mm-hmm. what a, like boom <laughs> like I just when I finally realized that's what she said I was like whoa like that's a very yeah. good lyric gosh I need to go back and like listen and like read all the lyrics yeah and also well. yeah it was super nice to like read it through and be like whoa it took me a couple listens I think to actually like get it all like mm-hmm. all the lyrics but and Marjorie Oh Marjorie gosh, made me cry. Obsessed. Yeah. So good. Well, I was telling you on my Spotify one, my top song of the year was that song called Marjorie by oh, Andrew yeah. Asala, I think. So uh-huh. when I saw she had a song Marjorie on here, I was like, oh my gosh, it was the first one I listened to. Oh, it's so yeah, good. I love it. And now I like want to name a kid Marjorie. <laughs> oh my gosh. I really... <laughs> I'm really like, what if my daughter's middle name is Marjorie? I'm like, Do it's it. not that it's named after Taylor Swift's grandma, because I feel like that's kind of mm. creepy. But if I just name it after a Taylor Swift song. Yeah, mine would be after two songs now. I already had it on my like baby name list from the first song, because I just Which thought it one? was so beautiful. Marjorie. Oh, Marjorie. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm like, well, now I have to. Right? It's a <laughs> cute, cute name. It is. And I feel like now with these albums, we have so much like name potential. You can name your I kid know. Betty, James, August. You could name every single one of Dorothea. your kids after a Taylor Swift song. You could. <laughs> Willow. It's so good. Willow. Mm-hmm. I like Willow. I do too. Ivy. Ivy was a really good song. Actually, one of my favorite lyrics from that one um, is the, let me see, my pain fits in the palm of your freezing hand. Mm. Like, what? Also, with Willow, she's released a couple, what's it called, Um, remixes of it. And my favorite remix of it, and I think my favorite version of Willow is the dancing witch version oh and really? it's yeah it's by a producer elvira i think mm. is how you say it and she is actually a woman producer so wow there you that's go that's cool that is really cool yeah the music video is very different for that one too mm-hmm. for willow i liked it it was kind of low-key like she usually it was still like yeah. quite the production i mean like it was definitely <laughs> yeah. a production <laughs> but it was still like a little bit more relaxed than i feel like a lot of her others were and i really enjoyed it um also no body no crime oh my gosh can we <laughs> yeah. talk about that <laughs> so first off not only is it like totally more country oh which i is love so it so cool to see her kind of like 
it go makes back me want to? country Taylor back. A I know, bit. like maybe she's gonna release a country album again. I would be, I'd be fine with that after yeah. No Body, No Crime. Oh my gosh, it also gives me like Goodbye Earl vibes. <laughs> oh, I love Goodbye, yeah. <laughs> which I just love um I just love songs like that I just think they're fun yeah they don't need to be like super deep or anything they can just be really really fun fun. and it is she like totally captured that well yeah okay (laughs) totally I actually wrote a song like a murder song like kind of like nobody no crime a couple months ago with some friends and so we texted each other after we're like wait a minute (laughs) so i just have to be out there that if i ever release a song about murder i swear i wrote it before and i heard nobody no crime (laughs) also i now also love the name sd like a ton oh so cute I'm telling you, I'm having a hard time because now all my children are going to be named after Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Well, no, but it's good, though, because now I don't, I don't have to, like, name my daughter Taylor or Allison. Oh, yeah, like, I can be a little bit more subtle with, like, my, my naming my children oh, after my Taylor gosh. Swift. Yeah. No Body, No Crime is probably my top played song so far in the album. It's so cool. It's fun. It's so like, fun. Oh my gosh, the lines like she says that ain't my Merlot on his mouth, that ain't my jewelry on her joint account. No, there ain't no yeah. doubt. I think I'm gonna call him out. I just oh my gosh. I love it. It's so fun. And that she mentions Olive Garden. So funny. I saw like a tweet that was like, now she's gonna get free breadsticks for life. Apparently I saw that she just like texted Esty, her mm-hmm. friend, and was like, Hey, what's your favorite chain restaurant? And she's she like, You like, won't know why you won't know why for a couple weeks, but what's your favorite chain restaurant? I guess they just said Olive Garden, and now here we are. That's so funny. I bet Olive Garden's so happy. I know. I think all this free advertising they got. <laughs> I know. They made it. I um, know. A question I have about it, though, is that does Taylor have a boating license that she got when she was 15? Now or is that, that part is of the, the question. Because I'm very curious now. I'm like, hmm. I mean, I imagine it's rich. It's part of the story, but also, Probably. like what if she has a boating license i know right like didn't what she if, have a boat that they'd go out on all the time or something when the paparazzi was really bad i do not know the answer to that question but i i would like to know i know i'm very curious about it yeah i wonder what's coming next because i wonder if taylor swift is going to continue in this like singer songwriter world for a while because i feel like it'll feel weird if she goes back to doing like lover type albums again. yeah like it'll true. feel really weird but mm-hmm. i but she also she just changes it up every time so i know i kind of you feel just like never maybe know she'll head in this direction maybe a little bit further even yeah i could see like an even more like hosier bon bonnie bear mm-hmm. type and these already are already kind of that vibe but maybe like, like evermore enclosure yeah maybe like it'll it. be even more so I know. I'd be I'd be down for that. I'd be down for experimental Taylor Swift. Yeah. It'd be hilarious if all of a sudden she switches and it's heavy metal. But oh, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly, I'll be there no matter what. <laughs> I know. As I'd long, still listen. I'd still listen. She'd get it. I'd get she'd get my support. Also, another cool thing that came out just this last weekend is Taylor Swift was named Apple Music's Songwriter of the Year. So mm-hmm. she, there's like an hour long interview that she does with Zane Lowe about it all. Oh, it's cool. So cool. I watched it live. I would like everyone should go watch that. It's super cool. And I think it like really is a cool window and just to like 
who she is as a songwriter but like kind of where she's been mentally with her music and like yeah. it was just a really really cool interview and a really that interviewer I feel like he's the best like he's a great interviewer and the questions he asked Taylor are super in-depth and like give really cool she gives really good answers to them so that's go awesome. watch that after you yeah. listen i think of all this taylor swift content if you haven't listened to the albums go listen to them go I watch know. the hour-long <laughs> interview miss americana there's so many yeah. things you need to all go partake of now there's also i haven't seen it yet but they have the long pond studio oh. sessions for folklore too i hope they have one forevermore because so good yeah i'm loving evermore like so much like more than i thought i would (laughs) no yeah because i like loved folklore but like i'm really loving evermore Evermore. it might make it up to like my top favorite album in a couple of months i love it i do too i love it so much i'm so i'm so stoked (laughs) now i just have another album to like know the ins and outs of and like fall in love with different songs mm-hmm. like champagne problems is another oh, one that was my favorite for a second that's at the top of my list too so good yeah and long story short yeah that one's really good too mm-hmm. oh my They're gosh just good i just thought though i have to tell this little story just so i can just air out my frustration so my sister-in-law texted me the day after folk i knew evermore came out and she was telling me about how someone in one of her lab classes she's like a biology major so very smart but anyways um was talking they were so she, i think she brought up i think what she said is she brought up that taylor swift brought a new released a new album asked if anyone listened and one of the guys in the group was like i don't really like taylor swift and she was like oh why not and he was like, oh, because I'm a really serious musician and I like to analyze music. And and she was like, oh, and she's like, so who do you listen to then? And his answer was, I really like Bruno Mars, which listen, no shade to Bruno Mars. But if you think that you are too good of a musician to listen to Taylor Swift, like you better be only listening to Beethoven or Mozart, you know, <laughs> like you better only listen to classical music oh my gosh like i like bruno mars but like bruno mars makes pop songs yeah it's like the same genre and i don't think his lyrics are like near as meaningful or like and so i told her i was like you know what you can tell him that there are songs literally in 5-4 and 5-8 on this new album like if it's not musically interesting enough for him like hmm he can just like check his misogyny at the door because like oh my gosh that just is so annoying that's hilarious to me like what? i know yeah i'm like really hung up on like how do you analyze bruno mars music <laughs> no like i don't mean it in a mean way but like i really i don't think like i've ever how? like sat down and been like oh the deep meaning behind this bruno mars song i mean like the grenades great like eighth grade me was feeling that oh, yeah. <laughs> like, but like i mean it was pretty transparent what it was about i didn't need like a minute to think about it i know <laughs> okay i actually went 
back to the text that she sent me and I'm just going to read it because it's even better than what I remembered. So she said, I'm at the research lab and I asked the people here if they listen to the Taylor Swift album. And this one kid said he doesn't like Taylor Swift because he is a quote unquote musician himself and he likes to analyze music. So he doesn't like songs that are unoriginal or boring to listen to or just like any other pop song. And I said, but Taylor Swift's so versatile though. And he said, is she really though? And I asked him who he likes to listen to, and he said Bruno Mars and Pharrell Williams. Ha ha ha, I need you to be here to argue with him about Taylor Swift, because I don't know enough. <laughs> Pharrell Williams and Bruno Mars? And Are you kidding thing, me? Like, unoriginal? <laughs> Not versatile? Man, like, sir, she just... Three different genres she just seamlessly just, like, put herself into. And she's just getting started, dear like, sir. From lab what? class. <laughs> like, happy is a bop, but, like, I've never sat and thought deeply about what it yeah. meant or anything. And here's the thing. Like, he could have just so easily said, oh, I prefer music with more R&B soul influences. And Taylor Swift doesn't really have that. And it'd be like, fair. Okay. We're yeah. allowed to have our tastes. But he just had to. He had to be yeah. like, I don't like unoriginal, not versatile music. Where it's like, it's not a good excuse. It's not a good excuse. Who knows? Maybe she'll come out with an R&B album next. Oh, I'm ready. I mean, if anything, there's False God on... That's true. On Lover. That's the closest thing she's done to <laughs> R&B. Oh my gosh. That's Anyways, it just cracked me up. And there it just goes that no matter what Taylor Swift does, she will always get unfair criticism. But mm-hmm. she's a genius. Yeah. So it's definitely okay to like not like her music. Like if that's how you are and you just really don't, that's fine. Like everyone yeah. has different tastes. But like I just don't think you can sum it up to like unoriginal, untalented or any of that because it's like like give not me true. a break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just not possible at this point. It's not true. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Had to share that one little story Crazy. and i also felt really good that she was like i need you here i'm like oh i'd yeah. be there i will i will defend her to my death like i will oh, make sure yeah. i will preach the good name of taylor swift oh my gosh that's so funny anyways now that we have an extra half hour to add on to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> we had to a whole other album we had to now i'm Man. like dang too bad we can't just talk about taylor swift every week on here but <laughs> that's okay we've got that's other okay. content we do <laughs> and also i was gonna say that i know a lot of swifties have been listening to part one and part two and i am so happy you are here because we are absolutely kindred spirits mm-hmm. but we also hope you stick around we do mm-hmm. have some really cool content coming up and i mean we just talk about women artists in general that haven't been getting the credit they deserve so taylor yeah. swift fits in that and we have plenty of others so we do hope you yeah. stick around stick around learn more about people like taylor swift in the past absolutely go listen to evermore yeah go listen to evermore and tell us what you think honestly like if everyone who listens to these podcasts if you just like want to hop in our dms and if you just like want to talk about your favorite taylor swift album and like dissect it with me i welcome oh, that yeah welcome please come into our dms let's just like talk about taylor swift I'm always open for Taylor Swift discussions. So yeah, Sadie's really, really good at analyzing lyrics too. So if you want to like dive in super deep to like what they all mean and everything, she's totally good at that. I'm very down. And I will read them all and enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) No, you have to chime in. (laughs) 
wish I could write songs. Do it. I like did when I was little. I would write them for fun. I just, (laughs) I, yeah, I haven't ever really tried to like seriously do it. Probably because I don't ever want to like write the music to one because that sounds really. So maybe I'll just write poems. We can pretend, (laughs) and then I'll put them to music, and we'll okay. Good plan. We'll we'll have a we'll have a band called More Than a Muse separate from the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, then I can get out some angst. I'm sure it's like therapeutic in a lot of ways, right? Oh, absolutely. Because you get to like chop up past relationships and like make Yeah, them I mean, beautiful. here's me two years into a very happy marriage still writing songs about my high school boyfriend. So like you oh. got to do what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, knowing you at that time, I can understand why. <laughs> like <laughs> probably cause some um, leftover drama. drama. <laughs> There's one good thing. I'm I got married really young, but like, don't worry. My early relationships got me enough songwriting material for the rest of my life. Yeah, she's scarred enough, guys. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. I, I don't know. I feel like they oh, got like low key roasted, but it's okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways. Oh man. Tune in next week, guys. We have a fun episode coming mm. out next week. I hope you've enjoyed our Taylor Swift talk. I have, obviously. I have. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, follow, join us on Patreon, all the things. Follow us on Instagram. And TikTok. Yeah. And on TikTok. We're trying to boost our presence there. We're here. We're creating content. End of the year. And we're excited about the new year. Next year will be our first full year of More Than a Muse. And I'm so excited. I know. I, too, am so excited. So Okay, cool. See you guys. Goodbye. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.